Welcome to Wellspring on the Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life FM is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring on the Air. I'm Tova, co-founder and president of Wellspring Counseling. And today's program is an interview with Eric Williams. He's one of our Wellspring therapists. He's just great. Hi, Eric. Hey, how are you doing, Tova? Super glad you're here with me today. Glad to be here. We're going to talk today about the role of fathers in our lives, being a father, the fathers we had or didn't have, and the fatherhood of God. And so for you listeners out there, I've asked Eric to come in and talk about this because this is something he knows a lot about. He's done some studying on. He's a great therapist on this. And he just gave a talk on this publicly. And so I want him to share what he gave in that talk on fatherhood because it was just that good. We want to share it with everybody out there. So stick with us today to listen about fatherhood, and let's just dive right in, Eric. So, Eric, my first question to you is, why do you care about fatherhood? You are a father. You had a father. I know you love the Father God, and so talk to us about why you care about this personally. Well, for me, my father was an ex-Vietnam vet, and he left Vietnam, but Vietnam never really left him. Mm -hmm. And so when my mom met him, he was still kind of dealing with a lot of the pain that happened in Vietnam. And so he was pretty wild. And uh, just a funny story, on their second date, he got in a fight on the date. And uh, I asked my mom later, I was like, isn't that a red flag? Like, you got in a fight on the date? But she's like, I just loved him, son. He was awesome. And so, but but anyway, I grew up with having to keep the volcano from erupting. Mm. He was just angry and pretty much a drill sergeant. And so I had a good relationship with him, but it was just challenging at times. And so they got divorced when I was 10, just because it was a challenging situation. But when I was 18, um, they got pregnant. And so I came home, my dad had been drinking and he says, well, son, your mom's pregnant. My dad was also seeing several other people at that time. And so I coached my dad through a pregnancy. Usually it's the other way around. Dad coaching the 18 year old. This time the 18 year old was coaching dad. And so I had a lot of anger and frustration, and that led me to college. And so I can pick up that story a little bit later. But It is near and dear to your heart. Yes, it is. And you're a father yourself. How many kids have you got? got three great kids. And how old are they? My oldest is about to go to high school, uh, Caitlin, and my two boys are in fifth grade and third grade. Awesome. And I've watched you with them, and I know you're a good father. So you've learned and figured out how to do this maybe a little differently than your dad. Yes. Yes. In some ways, yes. In some ways, yes. And hopefully you got something good out of him, too. And I'm sure maybe we'll hear about that in a little bit. But yep. um, I'm, I'm glad that you've worked at this and learned this and um, that you're a Christian counselor at Wellspring and that you have this to share with our people. So let's just start in. You, you gave this mm-hmm. awesome talk. I heard great reviews. My husband went to your class, and you know that. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, he just loved hearing it. And so we just want you to share that. So talk first about what you like to. Well, the first thing that came to my mind was a tweet that my wife sent me. I'm not on Twitter, but she sent me a tweet from LeBron. I am a LeBron fan. I know some of you out there are still a little upset that he left Miami. <laughs> but anyway, he tweeted a clip of Will Smith in the Fresh Prince TV show from 
years ago, and it was a, a story where Will saw his dad, and his dad was going to spend time with him and then had to break it off, was busy, and then he left. And then Will was just really angry at all the times his dad wasn't there. And so he just celebrated that he did it on his own, apart from his dad, he didn't need him. And then in the end, he just broke down and said, why wasn't he there? And it was a profound moment in the clip. And the people I've showed it to, really, the men at least, have been shocked at their emotional response. But for me, the interesting thing is that LeBron James says he cries a tear every time he sees that clip because that's the feeling he's had his whole life. So here you have a man that has everything. He's got the riches, the fame, the success, the money, arguably one of the best basketball players ever mm -hmm. live. And in the end, there's still a hole left by his dad. Yeah, it's just profound. It's profound. I saw that video. It was really, really good. So thank you for sharing that again. But I think you're you're onto it. The, the role of fathers in our lives is, is profound. My husband's father died when he was 15 and was ill before that and pretty unable to be present. I think he had a real heart for being present but wasn't. And um, that is a, a hole in my husband's life that we talk about probably every week. Mm. always it's just always an ever-present thing for him and so that role of fathers and my father's passed now passed a few years ago and i i miss him and he was a good father mm. so what else have you got to teach us well as we talk about the importance of a father or a dad there's just some different roles that fathers play and so fathers are teachers you know they spend time they educate their kids uh it's easy to farm that out to our school teachers or mm -hmm. our church leaders but really is an important role to spend time with your children. And uh, I think that's a real challenge today culturally, but your dad should be your teacher. Yeah, I think sometimes we, we think that the schools should do it or the churches should do it, especially spiritual teaching. And I, I will say that's one of the things my father did actually pretty well. And I, I think my closest times with him, as I reflected after he passed, was being out in the garage with him and he would teach me how to do tools. I'm actually quite handy at my house. And um, it's because I wanted to spend time with him and he would do that with me and he'd teach me how to fix things and do things. And and um, I just, I loved that role of him teaching me, but, but getting to be with him while he taught me. Right. And I think back in the old days, um, if you had a farm, you would work with your dad on the farm or if you had a family business. But now the way we do jobs and careers, your dad really isn't your trainer in that facet. Yeah, we had property, and so he taught me how to pick up rocks and how to clear the pasture and how to feed the horses, all sorts of things we managed to teach me. <laughs> but it did give me time with him, and you're right, I don't think our culture provides that in the same way. Right, uh, right. Easily. Mm -hmm. So some other roles that dads have are uh, as a mentor or a coach, just really teaching them about life, life lessons, relationships, how to spend money, those kind of things are, are really important. Fathers are also protectors. They serve as a protector. You know, that was a role that my dad did really well. And then when they divorce, I was really worried because my dad wasn't in the same house. And hmm. so I remember being more afraid just because I knew my dad was an ex-military guy and could handle any problem that came into the room. And I think as a kid, there's a period of time where the children do want to feel protected from the outside forces you know and um <laughs> my my oldest daughter got married uh, a few years ago and and um 
at the wedding, my husband stood up when he gave like a toast and he said, well, Mike, my son-in-law, said, you know, it's your job now to go out into the bushes outside her window at night and make sure there's nothing there. <laughs> because for years she was afraid. She just, she'd hear rustling of trees on her window and she'd be afraid and he'd have to walk outside and make sure there was nothing there for her. And so he said... It's your job, Mike. I no longer have to go out in the bushes. <laughs> that is hilarious. So it is It is a role there. They're just knowing that there's a man there to take keep us safe is super important. Mm-hmm. That's true. Even if you're not a black belt. So it's still a role. <laughs> um, I think a lot of times dads are playmates. They spend time playing with their kids and enjoy. Um, dads can be an encourager, you know, just encouraging them as they're a kid. But also when they're growing up, you know, in the field, in their career, in school, just to really be the voice of encouragement there. Dads can be a servant, you know, just serving their kids. And, and you know, on that one, I, I just want to comment, you know, because um, in the field of leadership in the business world now, there's some great books out about servant leadership, and they really kind of shown that really successful, sustainable companies, the ones making the big bucks, have at the helm of them, they have leaders who actually are what they define now as servant leaders. And the core ingredient or the core attribute of a servant leader is that the leader's primary goal is to take care of his people. The people under him, Mm -hmm. his goal is to make them successful, to meet their needs, not all their wants, but their needs. And when people lead that way, then they are respected. People want to work for a company where the leader's wanting to make you successful versus the leader wants to just make a bunch of money and take as much as they can from you. So servant leaders actually, even in the business world, are more successful. And it's certainly true for fathers. Mm. If the father serves their children, meets their kids' needs, instead of their own selfish needs first, but their first priority is making sure their kids have everything they need, not everything they want, but everything they need, then those fathers are going to be respected. They're going to be loved. Those are servant leaders. They're following the way Jesus says we should. We should wash each other's feet. We should lead by serving. So you're, that is a role of fathers. That's well said, Tova. That is well said. And so some other roles that fathers serve as their friends, uh, one that we were talking about before is that good fathers know their children. So they're aware they can understand what their child is going through. And so that's an important role as well. You know, I have a verse for that one. This is Matthew 6, 7. It says, when you pray, don't keep babbling like the pagans, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. But it says, but don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask. Now, we, we don't expect the fathers in our community to read our children's minds. <laughs> right. But we should, as the fathers, should know their children so well, they really do know what they need. Mm-hmm. And if you're not attending, you don't know what your child needs. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what your kid likes, what they do. Fathers out there, you should know what your kid likes and what they do and who their friends are and what their best traits are and what their skills are and what their deficits are. you got to know your kids to love them well. So I think knowing the kids is really important. And kids know it. They know if their parents know them. They yes. know if their parents are involved in their lives. And you can pretend, but the kid sees right through that, and they know deep down even if you don't say it, uh, they notice the little things because they're around you all the time. Oh, and they're very unforgiving when you get it wrong. When you say, oh, my kid likes this, and they no, no, I don't, you know, and they're, they're going to correct you because it's, it's a wound that you actually right. don't know them. Right. Um, so you're right. The kids are very aware whether mm-hmm. their parents are tuned into them or not. Or tuned into a sibling more tuned into a sibling than them. I mean, they notice it. my middle child, he's hyper aware 
how much time he gets versus his brother or his sister. And, and so as a middle child, he feels left out sometimes. And mm-hmm. so we've talked about that. And there's times where he's like, you know, dad, you did this. And I felt like I was last on the list. And so I addressed his part and my part. And, you know, in my soul, he's not last on my list. They're all the same, but that was his perception. So I had to acknowledge where that could have been inferred or where I might have accidentally done that. Or, And I think along the sibling lines, too, and knowing our kids is that sometimes siblings feel like the parent assumes I'm like my sibling. So the older one did it this way. So they just figure I'm going to parent you the exact same way. And you're like, why are you treating me like my brother? I'm not my brother. I don't want to live by my brother's mistakes. I'm not going to do the same stupid things he did or whatever. I was a third child. I felt that way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, don't judge me based on them. Judge me for me. No, me. I'm not the same as my siblings. And so they Mm -hmm. really, the kids long to have their parents know who they are uniquely. Mm -hmm. That's a great, that's a very important step. You know, Eric, you've done a good job talking about the roles. I know your next your next piece of your talk was about the, what are the challenges of being a father in our society today. So, what are what do you think those challenges are? I think there are a lot of challenges today. I think it's harder to be a dad right now than it was ten or fifteen, twenty years ago. I think culturally we deal with a lot of overworking. I think that that men oftentimes are really exhausted and tired, and always on the clock. Even when they get home, they might have projects or emails that they have to finish up, you know, a lot of friends at church, they have to get back on and send out some reports or some paperwork late at night. And so they do that after the kids go to bed or, or they do that when they're in the bed, actually, in some cases. And so I think another issue is a lack of connecting Uh, because the dads are often overworked. um, They replace technology with the relationship. And so they just really give their kids tools to be entertained. Hmm. But that contributes to a lack of connection and involvement in their lives. And so and I think the kids notice it and, and feel hmm. it. And so then there's not the relational trust there when you need it. You know, just do you have any advice on that? How to do that better? Well, <clears throat> I think a lot of times it comes from what was modeled before. Hmm. And so if men don't have a great relationship with their dad, then they tend to think, well, I did more than my dad does. And so I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that one of the most important things we can do is really spend time with, take joy from, celebrate, just playing and spending mm. time with our kids and really making that a high priority versus just recovering or rest or zoning out with a movie, but just to really celebrate them and talk with them and spend time with them and really allow that to be a hobby and a joy. And I think grandparents typically do that better than parents. Parents mm-hmm. are just exhausted, but grandparents really just love watching them do everything for the first time. And so as parents, and my suggestion to dads is to really carve out space and energy for you to celebrate your kids and what they're doing and what they're involved with and know their world like you might sports or another hobby to really know it and know what's going on every day. Yeah, my husband plays ball with my daughter, and she's actually quite athletic. But I think part of that, I think she naturally has it. But because that was something he did with her her, since she was a little child, let's go out and throw the ball, it became something she was very interested in doing because she did it with him, and it was they played together. And so she comes home from college now, and they go out and have a catch, you know, because it's just become a part of 
their personal dynamic and since i can't throw or catch a ball <laughs> it keeps me out of the loop and they, they're happy it gives them their own thing you know oh that's really <laughs> that, funny. that piece of play is, mm-hmm. is super important and connecting i think too you can for those fathers who are feeling overworked pulling your your kids as they become teenagers into some of your work letting them see what you do teach how to write a memo and how to work on that you know whatever just any piece of your work that they can be a part of and and discipled in it. it's kind of an honor to a kid to have a dad bring them into that and it's a place where you can have time and you also train and connect that's really good and just for full disclosure here in some of my pivotal ages for my kids i was going to grad school and getting a counseling degree and so there's some seasons in there where i did not have time to play with them mm-hmm. and so and they miss that and and they they talk about it and they want it more now on the back end and so there was a period where I was super busy and so I I haven't always done it perfect and I don't want to communicate that we do it perfect yeah you know uh there's always forgiveness the interesting thing is I don't think it matters how old we are how adult we are we still want a relationship with our fathers and it's never too late you know I've seen fathers who don't connect with their kids until their kids are 60 but it's never too late because there's a deep longing in each of us to have a good relationship with our fathers. And so don't be discouraged out there if you're just tired and worn out. You know, there's, it's never too late to develop a relationship with your kids. I think that's well said. A couple other challenges I think right now are due to the number of divorces and broken marriages. I think that changes the level of influence of a dad. You know, my parents divorced and so I wouldn't always see him. And the two of them, you know, were in disagreement. And so therefore his voice was minimized. And, you know, that's just part of the natural process, I think. So, but, but it does impact a father's role, just a broken marriage. There are a lot of dynamics. That's a whole nother show about that, how to father and step father and how to negotiate that. I think you can still have quality time, even if you don't have the same quantity, if you put a lot of effort into it. And I think sometimes my guess is that fathers who are distant, then they tend to be the um, Disney dads, you know, and they step in in ways that are not, maybe don't do the discipline because they want it to all be good because they have such limited time. And that develops some bad dynamics and, and uh, but being able to be, I think that mentoring role, the knowing the child, just connecting with them on a regular basis, it's possible if, if someone's intentional. And and you dads out there that feel dismissed from your kids because maybe the wife does keep you away, you know, don't be discouraged. You can find ways. You can you can write letters to them, love letters. You can there are things you can do that say I'm there for you, even if I don't get to be present for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you. I care about you. I connect with you, and you know I'm there for you. Well, that's really important. I think the last thing I was thinking about is that in our culture, we don't really value the role of the father right now on any TV show that you watch, all the shows that my kids watch. The, the dad is just an idiot. You know, he's oh, it's not terrible. The man bashing that goes on. And so culturally, we don't value the role. In fact, we want to do what we want to do. And so therefore, we don't want somebody telling us no. And oftentimes the father is seen as the one saying no. And so that's culturally, it's not a high value in our culture. And so there's an effect of that in our society. Yeah, I think men are not respected as a whole enough. And the consequence is that they don't have to rise to being respectable. So we're not pushing that out there. And then and we're just like laughing it off. Oh, yeah, that's just the guy, you know, thing instead of instead of saying, be a good man and do it well. It's a high calling. It's an important calling. And we need to push for that and ask men to raise to it. Right. So and so I saw that with my grandfather, my dad, I was mentioning him earlier, but his dad was an alcoholic and not very present. 
And so my grandmother really had to carry all the roles in the home. And so my dad had zero respect for him just because he didn't connect. He didn't work half the time. And so there was a big loss. And so my dad kind of went very strong at being a parent and involved. But there was a big wound there from an absentee dad who was just drunk in the car outside, you know, on the farm, not participating. You know, my father's father, I remember my dad telling me this story about him and and he was kind of a, a harsh man, actually. Um, but he did some things really well and he had some strong character. And I remember my dad was so impacted by one of these stories where my grandfather actually rescued a woman who was trapped in a mudslide, basically. And um, other people stood by and they wouldn't they wouldn't help. And he got into the hole and rescued this woman and saved her. And afterwards, he told my father, sometimes a man's got to do what a man's got to do. And those teachable moments of this is a man and it, it, it takes a man to teach a man to be a man. That quote is, by the way, is from my friend, Mike Swihart, but it takes a man to teach a man to be a man. And I think those men need to step up and teach their kids what does it mean to be a man and to raise that standard of a man is responsible, a man is loving, he's all these roles, he's a mm-hmm. mentor, he's a provider, he's a protector, he, he loves, he knows these kids. That's what a man does. That's what a father does. And so fathers teaching their kids to be those kind of fathers mm-hmm. uh, and telling them straight out this is what you got to do you're a father you got to work hard you got to provide you're a father you got to protect you're a father you got to be engaged you can't just sleep in the car and be drunk you, you know mm-hmm. you got to get or play video games all day right you, you <laughs> might even have to change diapers you're right right you got to get in <laughs> you there. you might have to co-parent i, I know sometimes they fathers I, as i watch my uh my kids figure out this you know role it's like are, do the kids belong to the mom they're your kids <laughs> You know, or do they belong to both of them? You're both parents. It's not like the mom's the parent and he's extra. And sometimes I think our society actually makes that happen. It's like your only job is to put money out there. And after that, stay out of the way. And it's awful because kids need their fathers to not be out of the way. They need them engaged in all those other ways besides just a little bit of money. Well, I think... The point you're making there is really interesting. I think a lot of times men aren't prepared for dealing with a baby, how to change diapers, where a lot of times women might babysit. And so it can be an intimidating role. And going back to my story, my father and my mom were divorced, but they got pregnant my senior year of high school. And so uh, I came home and my dad says, well, your mom's pregnant. Should we get an abortion? Should we shack up or get remarried? So I was coaching my dad at 18 through a pregnancy. Usually it's the other way around Mm -hmm. where dad's coaching the 18 year old. And so it's interesting. And so through my brother, I learned how to take care of a kid. I learned Mm -hmm. how to help my mom change a diaper and those kind of things. And so it helped me when I got married and had my own kids because I had seen how to do it. And a lot of times guys have never done that. And so then they get married and they're supposed to change a diaper or bathe the kid. Then it's like, what? I've never done this. And I'm 25 or whatever. And so it can be really intimidating in that sense, you know. And the mom has the advantage of that instant bonding from the birth. But I think it's super important. The truth is, women, I didn't, they, they let me leave the hospital with this baby. And I was like, isn't someone going to stop me? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it was my distinct depression leaving the hospital. And they're like, why are you handing this child to me? I don't know anything about what to do with this baby. And um, so women, we, we can learn together. And we need to learn together. And it's easy to just kind of assume, oh, the mom knows and I don't. And really, no. And what men do, they do do some things differently than women. And that's what's great about it. Right. We parent differently. And that's why we need both parents, you right. know, involved. 
We do. So one thing I want to mention, Tova, is, you know, my daughter, we were talking about busy and being barriers to, to being a good father. Uh, I was home one day and, and my daughter came and sat in my lap and it was late and I was ready to just brush her off and go to bed. And she's like, no, dad, I want to sit in your lap. And I realized I need to make time for this because she's about to go to high school and there's a lot of guys that want, will want her to sit in their laps <laughs> and I would much rather her sit in mine because yeah. I don't trust that other guy. And so I think one of the important roles we have as a dad is to really love our kids mm -hmm. and particularly opposite sex children, you know, mm -hmm. because they're going to look for that in the relationships. Mm -hmm. And so if I don't love my daughter well, she's going to look for that in a guy and vice versa. If my wife doesn't love my boys well, they're going to look for that in a girl. That and so, is so important. It is really important. It, it really is. That role is, is the practice for dating and marrying. And, and so we need to teach them to be respected and to be loved. But fathers need to be affectionate with their boys too. They do. They need that affection and they really can't ask for it as easily so it's important that they get that too right and sometimes they disguise it in play and wrestling and those mm -hmm. kind of things but it but it's equally impo important it is i know we're getting close to the end of our time i know you've spent a lot of time thinking about the fatherhood of god and our earthly fathers and how how do our relationships with our earthly fathers relate to our relationship with god Okay, I just want to read Romans 8, 14 through 17. We had a lot of passages here that we didn't get to, but I want to include this one. It says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you've received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. And so that passage just really talks about God being our Father and us being His children when we're Christians. And I think that's an important role. And if we've had good parents, being a child is a positive aspect. But if we've had bad parents, it's not really a bonus because we just think of a father as our bad father. And, and so it, there are spiritual parallels from good fathers where we attribute those attributes to God in a healthy way. If he was affectionate, if he was involved, if he was a good mentor, then we see God that way. But there's barriers when we have a bad father. If he's too strict or mean or out to get us, then we attribute God has those same attributes as well. We usually see God the way we see our fathers. Mm -hmm. So if we think God is distant because our fathers were, or we think God is uh, cruel or mean because our fathers were. And so, so important that our fathers are a good reflection and a picture of God. And if we have wounding fathers, mm -hmm. we, we have to rework that. We need to heal those wounds, maybe come to counseling, do whatever we need to do to heal those wounds. And then we have to really just bathe ourselves in the love of God and the fatherhood of God for us because we have to actually correct those wrong images. It's going right. to take some extra time. That's true. And sometimes other men or other figures can provide that role. So one of the things in talking to you years ago, I was reminded that my father-in-law, God put in my life, just like my dad. And he is the exact opposite of my dad. He, he's not perfect by any stretch, but he's not as critical. And so after one of the conversations I had with you, I was really blown away that God put this man in my life that's not critical. And so, and that was an infirming time. And so as men, we should look for other mentors to teach us 
in ways in which our fathers did not. Yeah, I think we have to actively pursue father figures in our lives. Right. If we don't have good ones, we need to find them. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to find those role models. We need to find, look at uncles and pastors and people in our community who can give us a picture of being a good father and also be fatherly mm-hmm. to us, even as adults, you know, mm-hmm. finding those figures. So I think that's really important. And, you know, you mothers out there, if you have a father figure absent for your children, you need to proactively go hunt for men who will will do that. And they probably need an actual invitation. I would make it official. Say, hey, my son needs this and he connects with you. And would you spend that extra time? And then you need to drive them there and facilitate them together. You know, spend that extra energy to make sure that happens. And for the mothers who have good fathers in the home, I also think it's super important that we as moms help our children have good relationships with their fathers. Sometimes we can compete with them or we can cut them out or or we can just not honor that. And so making sure they have time with their fathers. I made sure I got the kids up and my husband would take them to breakfast once a week, different ones, and, and just us making sure our kids have time with their fathers. We need to facilitate that. Even if they're an ex and we don't like them, we still need to facilitate that because it's an important role that other people can't take and if we don't have those people in those roles we need to find them for our kids and we need to find them for ourselves if we didn't have fathers like like that that's true and they're out there they're out there one one thing I wanted to mention is in the beginning I talked about my my father mm-hmm. and being 18 and having a, my brother with my mom even though he was seeing other people and they were divorced it was amazing I had a lot of bitterness and anger at that time and over the next three or four years I really my relationship with my father began to repair part Mm -hmm. of that was through God but also I saw my dad be a father again and I was reminded of all the things he did well not just the things that I was mad about or hurt by and so later my dad apologized and said Mm -hmm. hey I was a better father to your brother than I was to you and it was a good conversation and Mm -hmm. so my dad is not the same as he was when I was growing up. My mom and I know what it was like right after Vietnam, but uh, he's changed in a dramatic way. And so if you're out there in a situation with a father or somebody that's really hurt you, there is hope for change. My, mm-hmm. my dad is not the same man he was when I was a kid. And so my wife and kids have never seen the worst part of him. And so they've seen some positive aspects about who he is. That is encouraging. We can change. It's never too late to be a good father and to repair old old things. Sometimes I think men give up and they think, oh, I screwed up, so now they never want to forgive me or, or have me in their life. And it's not true. It's, it's just never too late. There is hope. There's hope for change. There's hope for reparation. And, and if the men don't do that, we can heal it with God and in our own lives and in other ways. So I, I think, you know, if we have good fathers, though, we need to be really thanking them. And honoring them and raising that that position up the way it is, we need to facilitate that for them being good fathers and 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 help just help make for success for the men in our community to be the best men they can be because we need them to be. And the role of the father is really the most rewarding job you'll ever have because that mm. job lasts for generations. It's true. One day you're going to retire from your job and you're going to give it up and they'll throw you a slight party, but one day your kids are going to come back and they're going to appreciate you with grandkids and a generation that comes long after you're gone. And they're going to model after you. Right. For a long time. That's true. Well, we need to help the men be great men and encourage them and honor them. Uh, We had a couple of books, a couple of resources. Um, 
Dad Time, Savoring the God-Given Moments of Fatherhood by Max Licato, The Fatherhood of God by Sharon Winkler, uh, Imitating the Fatherhood of God, A Single Dad's Guide to Spiritual Parenting, Vincent Adams. And you had another one? Authentic Manhood is a great series that talks about men should accept responsibility, reject passivity, lead courageously, and expect a greater reward. It's a great series that we've done with some men's groups. All right. So good resources. Um, If you want to come back to this show, because we talk fast here at the end, you can always find us on wellspringmiami.org. We have uh, recordings of our shows. So you're welcome to to grab it there if you want to come back and visit that. You can write Eric at eric at wellspringmiami.org if you have questions or things you want to follow up on on terms of fatherhood. And he's available for you. Eric with a K, E-R-I-K, at wellspringmiami.org. And um, we'd love to hear from you. It's time to wrap up. This is Tova Kreps with Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter. Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami-Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring's services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.